Here's what's coming up on today's show. Yeah, the $15 and $20 ones, um, I wouldn't chance it with those. So you go on Amazon and you see some great deals for a $29 mic and it comes with a stand and all this stuff. It's probably geared to gamers who are just trying to get on there and talk crap to people they're playing video games against. Probably not going to be what you want to use for your professional sounding podcast. Here at Third Wheel Media, we help you navigate the world of radio, podcasting, and video so that you can hit a home run with your content. On this podcast, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look at what we do. This is Rounding Third, Conversations in Modern Media. Welcome back into Rounding Third, Conversations in Modern Media. I'm Ben George, one of our hosts here and oversee our digital content podcast, that sort of thing. On with Walter Storhold again. Walter, you are our debut guest, and uh, I'm glad to have you back on. Our first two-time guest now. The original is back. Yes. Yes. Honored to be the first two-timer. Yeah, glad to have you back. Um, The reason why we're doing it today is because you're moving. You're actually uprooting yourself um, from North Carolina, where you've been here your entire life. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Yeah, giving ourselves the old boot. Yeah, we uh, we sold our house, so we have officially closed on the house, so that's very exciting. And I uh, feel like we got out at a pretty good time in the market, because now all we hear is price corrections and things, you know, re- reducing prices and, uh-oh, a lot more inventory, things going down. So we feel pretty good about the timing. Not that, you know, for all of our financial advisors out there, not that I was trying to time the market exactly, but <laughs> th- there, there may have been a little bit of that going on, at least part of the motivation. Uh, but um, yeah, we, uh, my, Connie and I both grew up in North Carolina, and um, she kind of reached the end of a, a contract that she was working, and the timing has just never been right for us to kind of, you know, pull the strings and make it happen to move, and it's something that we've always both wanted to do, and so since, you know, we've taken third wheel so remote over the last several years, even before the pandemic, we'd been moving in that direction a little bit. And so it just kind of like we're out of excuses for why not to go do it. And the timing was finally aligned correctly with uh, Connie's job coming to an end. So we pulled the trigger, sold our house, and uh, we're moving west, going to Colorado, of all places. Exciting. First, I guess it'll be the first office, third wheel office outside of North Carolina. That's true. Yeah. Now, we've had we've had different uh, locations, uh, if you will, over right. the uh, over the years. So it's just further away than those other locations because John's... He's had the the farm out in kind of like northwest Durham for a while now. Mark was the original remote employee down in Sanford, which if you look at it on a map, doesn't seem all that far away from the office, but it feels a a ways out there when you drive down. (laughs) And uh, I guess I sort of had the Raleigh office going for a little while. So, yeah. Well, it'll be fun. We'll be kind of spread out. Uh, We do have an office still that I'm currently in and uh, spend some time in, but we all will be probably remote eventually at some point. So, um, it's exciting. And, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know if it makes you nervous at all, Walt, to have the entire business, uh, going remote because, you know, we rely so heavily on technology to do our jobs day to day. So it wouldn't take a whole lot to stop production for, for a few hours. Yeah. If anything, I, you know, if you really think about it, it's sort of like diversification though, because, you talk about technological issues or technological problems. Yes, they can be harder to solve remotely, but we're in kind of a position now where it only affects maybe one person when something technological goes wrong. I can remember back in the days when we did all work in the office, and I think anybody (laughs) can identify with this, and the internet goes out, it's like, 
well, we're done. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> so what do we do now? And how do you uproot the entire office when everybody's on desktop computers and monitors and, you know, we're using Comrex equipment for, for those who have used that before. You know, these are bulky items and setups that can't be very remote. There are some tasks you could pack it in, pull the laptop out and hop over to the, you know, to the coffee shop and get some emails done and that sort of thing at least. But yeah, that yeah. used to bring the whole company grinding to a halt. When I mean, we used to have to have emergency plans whenever there was going to be a snowstorm potential or a hurricane coming through. You know, hey, if we lose power for a couple of days or a week or even if just on deadline day, oh my goodness, we're in trouble. And yeah. uh, you know, so now if if you guys lose power here in a hurricane, I can pitch in from Colorado and help out. And if I get knocked out in a snowstorm or wildfire, you know, you guys can pick up the slack. Yeah. And just so we're clear, because you're moving across country into a different time zone, two time zones over, actually, nothing changes with third wheel, though, right? I mean, from from a client's perspective, it, it's business as usual. The only thing that changes is really on our end and, and just some small workflow stuff. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to notice any difference uh, from a you know standpoint of how they interact and work with us. Uh, if anything, I will probably just continue to work on East Coast time just so it kind of stays the same for everybody. I, I like being an early riser anyway, um, so I'll probably wake up early out there, keep all my recording times and schedules relatively the same with folks, and... Um, you know, so still kind of work the same kind of hours as everybody else back on the East Coast. That's sort of the plan for now, but you know, yeah. we, that's not a big thing to adapt to if we need to adjust slightly. Well, one reason I want to have you on, besides to kind of share that news with everyone, is to talk about recording remotely and and kind of putting together a recording studio because you know most people, anybody that's in an industry knows, right? I mean, with this over COVID, we know how much gets done remotely, even down to ESPN broadcasts where people are at home calling the games, right? But mm-hmm. more and more recording is being done remote. I mean, back in the day, not, not even that long ago, five, ten years ago, you would need to have the recording studio or be at a radio station, have that quality equipment to produce a really professionally sounding podcast or radio show, whatever broadcast. But now you can kind of do it just from pretty much anywhere. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about setting up a recording studio at home. For anyone that that is you know, either – wanting to get into podcasting, wanting to, wanting to improve their setup, or maybe like us is deciding to transition out of an office and go more remote and wants to kind of put something in place that they can trust, that they, they know will sound good and will deliver. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that um, and talk about some of the, the recording equipment you go through because you've done this before, uh, not only setting up our because I guess technically our studios are remote already because we, we, we kind of set up an office building and, and where it could be any office space and you set up a, a recording studio there. So it's the same principle from whether it be an office building or your house. But you're good at it. You've done it a lot and you have some pretty good experience. So I know there's some things you can share for people that are looking to go through it. So let's start off with some of the equipment stuff because I think people think, oh, man, I don't have a huge board. I don't have – you go to a radio station, you see a huge board, all the lights – all the dials, all the switches, but you don't need that, right? No, you don't need all that crazy stuff. Um, I mean, used to, yeah, used to need all that, but things have advanced so much in the last couple of years where you don't have to have all of those humongous elements. And even when I look back at our setups from a couple of years ago, they had more moving parts and bells and whistles and really expensive equipment involved to make it sound like you're in the same room with the other person. 
But even that was a lot smaller than what you might see or envision from a radio station or if you've seen a TV set, those kinds of things. So, I mean, we have some pretty small footprint type setups that we've set all of our clients up with so that, you know, it's relatively mobile. I mean, I won't call the setups mobile unless you can truly break it down in less than 60 seconds and throw it in a bag and be on your way. But still, you know, a setup that you could break down in five to 10 minutes and be on your way is still not not too big of a setup if you think about it in the grand scheme of things. That's one of the shifts that we really saw, though. You know, it used to be when you, if you wanted to do a radio show, and, and let's let's be clear, the whole goal we want to make it sound like we're in the same room. That's sort of the 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 non like measurable way to say what kind of sound are we looking for whenever yeah. we do a show, whether it be a radio show or a podcast. And so it used to be the only real way to make that happen was with some highly specialized equipment. Uh, we used a, a brand called Comrex. There's another company out there called Tyline that did a lot of the same stuff. Those are sort of the two big dogs in the industry. Y- even back before that, it was ISDN lines that like ESPN and a lot of your sports networks were using to kind of set up some of these uh, remote conversations that brought you really good audio quality. Very expensive stuff typically and um, you know hard to set up, hard to track, all that kind of stuff to, to keep it running. So, yeah, we, we used to have people use those Comrex units, um, you know, as part of the setup. But you're talking about 2000 bucks for a little black box, and it has to be run on Ethernet. You couldn't run it via Wi-Fi. And then you had to get a mixer and a bunch of cables. And then if you were going to go ahead and spend all that, you might as well get a really good microphone to make use of it all. And that would make you sound like you were in the same room. But the alternative was, like, really, really bad-sounding Skype and echoiness right. and robotic sounds and, uh, you know, going that route. Or when we first started doing, uh, you know, radio and working with advisors and those kinds of things, it was with phones. We just did a phone line. And so we were coaching people on you don't want to use a cell phone. You want to use a landline. Don't use speakerphone because that doesn't sound so good. You want to use a, a landline phone. Don't, don't squeak to the left or to the right in your chair. That carries across the phone really well. Don't play with the phone. You know, all the coaching was very different uh, for some of those past interviews. So it's kind of funny how it's then a adapted and evolved over the years. Yeah, it's funny. And the Comrex is stuff that some people still use. I mean, we do have some advisors that still pick those up, but I think we're moving more and more away from that because the 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 upgrades suggest basically browser uh, recording studios are just as good quality wise. And we use a couple, um, you know, we still, we do record in Zoom some. This uh, this one isn't actually, we, this show is often done in Zoom. Uh, there's clean feed, which is, has been a very good tool. And, and again, that's a free service that, that most people can just hop on and start recording from. So there are some pretty easy solutions out there for people that just are looking to record with someone that's not in the room with them. And we, you know, when we set up advisors that want to do their own interviews, it's the same type of thing. We walk them through clean feed, show them how to use it, which, you know, it's, it's pretty easy once you've done it a couple of times to navigate and boom, you can record right there. It sounds clear. It's recording locally. So everything seems pretty clear and the quality you, you really, I mean, maybe to the really trained ear, Walt, maybe you have this trained ear, but for most people, you can't tell the difference between Comrex and a clean feed, let's say. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe a little bit more presence and resonance or something like that with um, with the Comrex still, maybe a little bit more reliability 
perhaps. Uh, you get a pretty stable that, connection yeah. with those because you don't have a computer that you're also like the Internet's kind of the same, but you don't have a computer splitting its time and its tasks on lots of different things. So on, if you're recording like right now, we're recording on CleanFeed. Uh, because I am remote, actually. I'm at my parents' house recording this because uh, we sold the house, but we haven't moved yet. So we've got an Airbnb near my parents, and I come over to their house and work during the day for this uh, for kind of a two-week period here, which is fun. And uh, so I'm, I'm at their house. So I, I have sort of a hybrid setup today. I didn't go through the hassle of plugging in the Comrex and all that kind of stuff because it just wasn't needed for you know for this week of work. So yeah, we're on clean feed right now, but my computer is splitting its tasks. Like it's it's running this. I've got an audio editing program up. I've got uh, Chrome up. Um, email, all that kind of stuff. So sure, every once in a while you run the risk of it maybe stuttering or sputtering a little bit. You know, the internet here at my folks' house isn't quite as good as the internet was on my business class service back at home uh, when we had the house. So you've got some of those things that you're giving up where the Comrex gives you that little bit more of stability. But to me, it's it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. And I don't know the last time I recommended to a client to, to be on Comrex. I really don't know the last time that I did that. It's been quite a while now. The Most of the folks that we have on Comrex now, it's just because they, they were on it seven years ago when it was the thing to do. And it's good equipment. It hasn't broken. It hasn't degraded in terms of its you know rankings. It's just that other things have caught up to it that are easier and much cheaper to get rolling. So now like if somebody comes to me and they're just like, hey, I want to do a solo podcast by myself, not interviewing anybody, just want to record myself. I mean, you know, we're talking 100 to $150, maybe 200 if they want to get a little bit nicer microphone, and they're up and running compared to back in the day when it was a radio show that somebody wanted to start with two or three microphones. Yeah, that was a $3,000 investment. So that that's kind of how it's changed over the last five years or so. All right. So the recording setup, that's the first piece is actually recording yourself. What do you need for that? Um, microphone. So we have very quality microphones, and I think that is still a very important part of it. I mean, there are so many different microphones. You can get one, a USB mic that plugs in for probably 15 or 20 bucks, but it's still worth spending a little bit extra on a microphone, right? Yeah. Yeah. The 15 and $20 ones, um, I wouldn't chance it with those. So you go on Amazon and you see some great deals for a $29 mic, and it comes with a stand and all this stuff. It's probably geared to gamers who are just trying to get on there and talk crap to people they're playing video games against. Probably not going to be what you want to use for your professional sounding podcast. I'd go at least a hundred bucks. There's a little bit nicer model of USB microphone we're talking about here. This is a mic that just plugs into your computer. There's some nice ones that come out for like around 150 or so. Anywhere in that 100 to 150 range, you're probably getting a pretty good product at that point. And the difference, I would say, is very noticeable when you jump from the $30 mics to the $100, $150 mics. Then if you jump from the $150 mic to the $300 mics, that's where you you kind of see another bump in terms of your performance and your quality. So that's that's sort of your three levels, I would say. You have your super cheap, then pretty darn good for a beginner and a starter. And if you want to really get serious about um, a really good mic and you want to put in the extra money and investment, you can get up into the $300 range. Typically, though, that'll introduce a little bit more equipment, like to power a good mic like that. You're going to need a mixer, and so that's going to be a little bit more stuff, a little bit more price and cost that comes into the equation, too. And we ha- we're happy to help you out uh, to sort through that and figure out what the best solution is for you. So if you have questions, you can always send them to us at info at thirdworldmedia.com. And as, you know, when we onboard people, we help walk you through that. So don't worry that you have to figure that out on your own. Uh, what about internet connection? How important is that? I mean, what, what, what are you trying to set up at your home when you get up and running? 
Yeah, if anything, that's more important than the microphone because yeah. if we don't have a good connection, it doesn't matter how good the microphone is. If you're recording on something like a Zoom, you've probably noticed where sometimes you'll be on a call and everybody sounds really good, and then other times people sound really crappy, and they might be using the same equipment, and you wonder why. Well, Zoom does a particular thing, uh, and this goes for like Zoom, Skype, and a lot of these different programs out there, where if you have slower internet, they prioritize the stability of the connection and at least being able to hear what you're saying over the quality of what's being said. So they'll degrade the quality of the conversation so that you don't have dropouts or missing words in the conversation or where it buffers, where you kind of like, you don't hear them for a few seconds and it might sound like they fast forward and speed up for a couple of seconds as the buffering catches back up. Mm -hmm. It tries to eliminate that kind of stuff by degrading the quality. You see it in the video too. If you're ever on a Zoom call and somebody gets really grainy all of a sudden and then, you know, and then it gets brighter again and and looks all of a sudden higher resolution, same thing is happening there. They're degrading the video quality to then make up for that. So if you have a nice, good, stable internet connection, that's going to help you maintain good audio quality and limit those dropouts and those kinds of things. So that's going to help you out tremendously. Whenever possible, be plugged into the internet. You know, go with that Ethernet cable. I know we're more and more wireless these days, so that's harder and harder to do. But when possible, do it. Get as close as you can to the wireless signal if you have to be wireless. Um, That'll go and help you out dramatically. All those kinds of things are big help. Uh, Honestly, Ben, in terms of quality, like it's not, again, about the microphone so much as it is your environment. If you're in a really echoey room, um, that'll do more. You can have a great microphone, and it's going to sound terrible because of the feedback and the bounce back off the walls. If you have your laptop out and its it's fan is just humming and buzzing (laughs) along, doing its thing, and it's right next to your microphone, we're going to hear that, and that's going to degrade the quality of the recording. So, like, just making those two changes, you know, being in a better room, being close to the Wi-Fi, and, um, you know, then not having your laptop, like, right next to your microphone, that often will improve somebody's situation by 50%. 50, 60, 70%, as does, lastly, closeness to the microphone, proximity. Right. So every microphone's a little bit different. Uh, the ones that Ben and I are using, you got to be right up on them. Uh, we're, I mean, I'm literally, my, I'm getting some mustache and some beard hairs into the fuzz part of the microphone right now. You can, I'm, 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 I'm hitting it right now with my face. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the, how close I am typically to this mic. You can hear that difference. If I get a little bit further away from the microphone, you can yeah. start to hear a little more rebound off the walls, maybe some more background noise. Uh, maybe even hear the laptop starting to hum along a little bit. If I were to position a little bit differently, yeah. Now we got my my laptop sounds. So yeah. that makes a big difference to making sure you're at a proper distance from your mic. It's funny to say that. I've, I've, I mean, I know you've had this experience with with clients that are recording um, now in all kinds of sit- rooms and situations that you pick up an air conditioning unit in the background all the time. Yeah, I've heard a Roomba. In the background, and and most of the time they don't pay attention to it. And I'll say, is something? Do you have yep. anything running? A fridge? And, I have a lot of yeah. fridges. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it all happens all the time. So we, we uh, had an is... advisor once who recorded in the kitchen of their office, just because <laughs> that's where the that's where the internet room was, like where all the wires came in, yeah. and the Wi Fi was really weak in their office. So they just always recorded in the kitchen. And so whatever they recorded, they had to say, all right, everybody, nobody can come into the kitchen for the next hour. And then they unplugged their refrigerator. <laughs> And uh, to eliminate that noise, so it was just always comical to picture them in a in a in a kitchen recording their show. Do you have anything fun planned for your next uh, setup? Whenever you finally get settled, I think we uh, I think the new setup we kind of have uh, targeted a okay. So this is the exciting thing: uh, we're moving to Fort Collins, so that's where in Colorado we're going to be. And uh, apparently, we can get access to this like really really fast internet. 
So I have the install date already set up with where we're going to be. I'm really it's like a thousand gigabytes download and upload. So it's like the the true fiber service, and it's only like fifty dollars. So I'm looking I, I'm looking forward to just the really really fast internet, maybe more than anything. Yeah. That'll be so. great. Now, well, I think say- I'll keep I'll keep the room pretty simple. It's just going to be a a third bedroom kind of office setup. So I don't think I'll do anything crazy. Although <laughs> I'm going to have Mark help me with some uh, with some lighting tips, and nice. I think I will try and do like a cool because uh, you know he's all into video, and I, I want to start doing a little video stuff maybe here and there. So I'm going to have him help me do some like cool background stuff and maybe a backdrop and some lighting. Maybe make it a little bit more like a true studio. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's fun building that out, uh, especially when you know you're going to be there for a little bit and, and you know you're going to be doing a majority of your, your work there. It's important to put the time into it. But as you can see, it doesn't take a, a, a lot, a lot of effort. I mean, it can be done at a pretty reasonable price uh, without a ton of equipment, and uh, you can make it happen and sound great. So I uh, just want to kind of give you an idea of, of how that setup process goes and, and what you can accomplish with it. But again, we're happy to help you out if you're in the in the market to set up and start doing a podcast. You always reach out to us. You can find us online, thirdworldmedia.com. We're also going to I need to build this out um, after we get off here, Walter. But if you want to sign up for our newsletter, uh, we'll put a little link up on the website. We try to send out every month uh, links to the podcast, but also just a tip or two to kind of help you out beyond what we're talking about. Company spotlight and a fun fact of the month as well. So it's, it's not a salesy email. It's really an informative email to try to continue helping you out no matter what area of, uh, of media that you, you're trying to put a show together in or trying to work in. We hopefully have some tips for you there. So again, find us online at thirdworldmedia.com along with everything else that we help clients with. All right, Walter, let's close it out uh, on that note. Appreciate it as always. Uh, maybe the last time we record together with uh, with us being in the same state. In, in the same state, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, we'll come on out and uh, visit, visit me in the Rockies. We'll take you out to the Rocky Mountain National <laughs> Park just down the road and uh, get some good sightseeing in, take in an avalanche game, something fun like that, man. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right. All right, well, thank you for listening to Rounding Third Conversations in Modern Media. For Walter Storehold, I am Ben George. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. 